from Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community. Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to an edition of the Crew Mess, and today Maeve and I are joined by Captain Waldridge. Good afternoon, Captain good Waldridge. Hi, Rob. Yeah, How are you yeah. doing? I'm very well, thank you, Maeve. Well, I, th- I thought we'd start off with the titled bit, the Captain Woolrich. It gives gives emphasis. And you're a very special man with a very special crew. I am. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm very lucky. Chuffed. They say, <laughs> yeah, I'm very chuffed. I mean, they say you can't be a good captain without a great crew, and so uh, winning the award was a bit of a shock. I mean, obviously a very nice shock, but uh, also it was a bit of a, we were. It was a bit of a David versus Goliath moment as we were up against I, I I the largest yacht in. Uh, Dilbar, I believe, was your moment. competitor. Well I, well, I wasn't going to say the name. But, <laughs> well, um, they can look yeah, online. So, but it just it goes was, to uh, show that size is not was, everything. Yeah, so they say. It, it's what you do with it. So we're <laughs> well, I can see where this interview is going already. <laughs> so for the clarity of our, our listeners, Captain Rob Waldridge and his crew... Um, motor yacht Lady Rose just won two weeks ago at the A Crew Awards the um, prestige of being the best crew for a private yacht. Correct. Now, Rob, can I ask a question? The first question I asked Maeve was who nominates you for this? Because it's a private yacht. Is it the owner who nominates you? Is it the management company? Is it the crew themselves? How do you get forward for this kind of award? Oh, okay. Now, this is a tricky one. But I actually got nominated for the captain of the year, which I didn't win. And I got nominated for that by um, an ex-crew member, a a chef who's still a very good friend of mine. And uh, when I realized that uh, it it wasn't actually a spam email and it was something real, I... um, (laughs) I thought, well, seeing as we're going, I'll uh, nominate my own crew for the crew award. Um, and it really went from there. We we put out put a lot of effort into um, social media and getting as many friends as we could to get the votes to get us to the shortlist. And the shortlist was the was the last three votes. I actually got to the shortlist of the the captain award as well. Um, oh, well done! But we, well, yeah, didn't didn't quite win that one. But to win it as a crew was even better. We we were all there together around a table with um, Porto Montenegro sponsoring the award for us. Great table right next to the dance floor. Great atmosphere. Wonderful event to have uh, so many industry people there and people that I've worked with and known in the past as well. Just just a really great atmosphere and, a, and I think a great thing for the industry. And, and where was the event, just for those who don't know? It was in Nice. Uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel. Was One it the of, A big fancy hotel. Um, um, Marriott. Oh, I think yes. it was the... Mm-hmm. the um, Hyatt Marriott or something like that in, in Nice. But it was a, it was a very big fancy posh event black tie um and masquerade mask for the evening ball it was uh yeah we scrubbed up pretty well <laughs> and a great night out i would imagine so oh yeah a very great night out for you guys um what what do you feel other than you know pushing forward but what are the particular things that you feel kind of distinguished or what for you distinguishes your crew why did you win on why you're kind of so happy to have this winning uh, yeah i think i think why well i've worked for the same owner for 15 years now so i've obviously been through changes to the lineup along the way of the crew 
but we keep crew for a long time you know we're not the biggest boat we're not the most exciting boat we don't have the greatest itinerary but we have a really good atmosphere on board and that is i think the key to why we won the boat won the award we have um you know each of the crew members is individually talented in their own ways but you also have to be very versatile there's only five of us on board it, how big is she how, how big is 30 meter yacht okay three zeros 30 meter so we all have to help each other out and i think that's the secret that you become I, I, I guess a bit of a brotherhood but you're all supporting each other and and aiming for the same objectives and i think um i, I think that's what makes us work really well well as a team and you know we, we're extremely professional about the results we achieve but we can do it in a in a light and and friendly manner that that i think uh, really makes us stand out it's actually it's one of the things that's come up in discussion with us quite a lot over the last few months is um the the difficulty in actually having decent crew retention on a boat um, yeah and it's it's very much in you know in need because you, you know yourself, you have a, a team that you build over a long time and you work much better. It's better for everybody. Well, what would you, if you were to sum it up, and it's probably something you can't put in a sentence, but what do you think is the key thing to having good crew retention? Well, particularly as a, as a captain's role um, in, in keeping that. Well, well, we don't we don't have a, a management company. Maybe maybe that's one of the secrets. But um, so I I manage the yacht mainly myself, and I, and I think the secret is having clear roles for people like like the captain standing order, so everybody knows what their responsibilities are. And then once once you know that, then you're there's no niggles with other people uh, and you can you know have confidence in the others um doing what they're doing as well but also in encouraging we have to work together we, we wouldn't be able to do all the ver variety of jobs that we have to do on the boat if we didn't work together um we're just securing the boat for a bit of a storm coming in this evening and um you know we've got the shelf helping out with the lines and and everyone is uh, everyone is helping everyone else do the job as it needs to be done Working and i think it's it's encouraging that and, and also socially as well because we don't just work together we also live together so mm. we have to get on and no matter how good a crew member is individually if they can't function as part of that team um it, it's not it's not going to work and it's not going to last so so i guess it's really the selection process and mm. holding on to them that, that's key can i ask when when you were doing your training um in i mean a captain's role is it is multifaceted i mean obviously you're in command of the ship yeah. but there's also the management of the yacht and there's also the the social the people, people management, management. Yeah. um yeah you obviously have have done all the certifications, but was there a, a stage or a mentor or somebody that helped you understand more the people management side of, of how to lead a team? Yeah, I don't know that that's um, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I never did any management courses or anything like that, but but I think that's something that you gain with experience um is with the many different you'd like to uh, think so but it's not always the case 
Yeah, I, I think it is. And, and it, you know, that is probably the most difficult part of the job is to maintain a relationship with your crew where, whereby, you know, you're respected and, and looked up to, but you also have to be, you know, a friend and uh, a, a social person with them. And, and I think that's something that... And without blurring the lines as well. Captain. Yeah. yeah well, I think that's something that that, that uh, people can struggle with. But but with us, we all live and work together. So so we we all got the same goals in mind, and I think that really helps. You know, we 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 go out, we have a laugh, um, and we can set straight to work the next day completely professionally doing our mm -hmm. duties. And that's that's I think the secret: having a mix of the social. And the work side, especially on yachts, when when you're living and working together, yeah. not just going home every day at five o'clock. No, it's and it's close quarters as well. It's not like you can yeah. go. Oh, I don't want to talk to you for two days. I'll stand over here. <laughs> you know, it yeah, work there's, that there's, way. there's no time for that. Any any sort of niggles have to be nipped in the bud, uh, um, yeah. and they do happen. Obviously, they do. They do with anyone. You know, we we spend more time with each other than than most people do with their families. So. <laughs> Um, you you have to uh, have good lines of communication uh, and really nip anything uh, untoward in the bud. And could I ask that? So um, just to go back a bit, you got down to the final three, and it, it really was the, the Goliath and and the David. You, you there was yourself a thirty meter boat, a small crew of five six. Did you say? Yeah. Just five uh, of us, yeah, including and, me. And you were up against uh, one of your competitors was Dilbar, which would probably have about, I don't know, a couple of hundred stuff. Yeah, no, 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 I, think got, I think they've got at but least a hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah, we... we uh, and what we was were, the other boat? There was Dilbar, yourselves, and... Um, I think there was a boat called Explorer, which, which we, we didn't really... Uh, find much about we we saw another yacht uh, called Explorer near us when we were in Albia, but I'm not sure there can be different boats with the same name. Uh, can I ask was it an ex was it actually an Explorer boat? I, 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 to be honest, it looked like a bit of ched to me, but <laughs> we can edit that bit. Um, don't worry. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't uh, go go exploring on something like that. I'd no. be more inclined to go on a sailboat. But, uh, but no, I, I don't know much about the other boats. I don't think they were even there at the awards. But, but, uh, but we know deal by where. Well, well done on that. And uh, so, can I bring you back a little bit, Rob? Of because I always sure. think it, it's lovely to hear of the stories of how people started in yachting. I mean, very often there's an affinity to the sea or sailing as a kid. He's from uh, Devon. Yeah. You're from All Devon yourself, so, so I'm sure there's something of a mixture. Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Actually was a bit of a, at some points, but my father was uh, an engineer in the Royal Air Force. Um, <laughs> there are, we uh, There's a family of four with me and my, my sister and, and brothers um and so we spent most of our young young years moving around between royal air force bases from cyprus uh, around europe and then ending up in devon now my father whilst he was in the air force was actually a really keen sailor so we always would be out and about in dinghies of one description or another in our spare time from Os um, ospreys and optimists and mirror dinghies and and all, all all the little stuff and that's really where we 
learned to sail. It was our father that, that taught us. My brother, um, once we got back to Devon, was he was, to be honest, more of a sailor than me, and he actually sent, set up his own um, sailing school in Exmouth, uh, South Devon. Oh, is he still doing it? And, uh, you know what? He, um, he was doing it for a while, and then one winter he got the opportunity to deliver a catamaran to the Caribbean, and never teaching, came back. <laughs> teaching change to sailing. <laughs> that changes a person. He's, he's, he is actually running a yacht management company in the British Virgin Islands. And um, oh, he, you know, he really didn't come back. Had, no, he really didn't. Have, he's he's still out there. And you know, within a couple of years, he's phoned me up um, because my career at the time was a drayman working for a brewery. And he said, "Why are you driving trucks for a living? You can actually drive boats for a living out here." And um, so, you know, I, I, I sold what little I had, uh, bought a flight ticket with it and went to join him in the Caribbean um, mm -hmm. and started working off his crew on, on catamarans and day sailboats uh, out there, uh, working a little bit for my brother as well at the catamaran company. So you started and doing your STCW and that over the, in the Virgin oh, Islands? No, that was, I think that was even before STCW <laughs> even came into Borsa. Um, I, I actually ended up working on a uh, square rig brigantine charter ship that looked a lot like wow. the Black Pearl. And, and again, mm. very, very small crew, very low pay, but I absolutely loved the, the boat and had wanted to work on it and eventually managed to get a job on that. And a great the, start. The experience was incredible. Oh, I, I learned more on that boat in three years of splicing rigging um again there were only five of us on this boat uh, it, was a, it was a good hundred foot so, so not the modern yeah. black pearl the old black pearl you're talking uh, about oh there was the only winch the only motor on the boat apart from the one that pushed it through the water was the one that pulled up the anchor we had 13 sails and rat Ooh, lines and everything beautiful. was was done on pin rails and it was uh, it was hard work took that through I was there through five hurricanes in the Caribbean, so, so got a, packed a lot of experience into a into a fairly short amount of time out there. Wow, fantastic way to start! So then, how did you transition from sailing into motor yachts? How did that come about? Well, well, yeah. Once um, on on the square rigger, I actually met the lady who became my wife, uh, a French lady, and uh, we then got a job together just running a, a smaller sailboat uh, chartering up and down the Caribbean um, a 60 foot sailboat which was which we were busy so we'd be sailing everywhere from Venezuela up to um, up to the American Virgin Islands and, and doing charters here so we did that for a couple of years and then kids come along oh, <laughs> and so you, you talk to me that's another show <laughs> exactly so uh, so um, because she was French, we moved back to France. France, uh, southern France is where all these, uh, all the motor yachts are. So that's when I started taking my my uh, class four license, getting the big boat license and getting into the, the motor yacht side rather rather than the sail yacht did, side. So did, did, you not, did you not think you were betraying, blood. did you not think you were betraying the, the sailing fraternity? Jumping no, from sailing no, to motor yacht. I can still do sailing for fun, but, but the motor yachts, um, the, the, the trouble with sailing yachts is they, they like to go places all, all around the world and everything else. And all with the, the young time. Family, 
with a young family that that's uh that's not quite so compatible so yeah. so the motor yachts thing was uh was uh where i where i ended up and like i say i've, I've been working with the same owner who's been fantastic for 15 years so so if i'm obviously doing something right and he obviously is quite happy with what i'm doing so this is how I've ended up where we are. And, it, and it's great for me. It does mean we've got a base in the south of France. That's where mm-hmm. my kids are. So uh, it, it's it's good for getting to see them as often as possible. 15 years is so rare these days. Um, you know, we, it is, yeah. You know, two years, if you're lucky. Um, with I a lot of care when I started, yeah. yeah. I used to have hair. <laughs> we'll stop there. But it, it is one of the um, you know feedbacks we get quite often from older captains in particular, more mature captains, more mature <laughs> captains of <laughs> right. the challenges now that. of just because there are so many younger captains coming up um, in your segment of of career, it's increasingly challenging sometimes to find work. Um, Absolutely, yeah, I, I I would agree with that, and that is something of a consideration for me. But um, it's also. It, it depends because there's a lot of owners that come into the industry as well that that don't really know much about yachting and that that they don't know how to really choose the crew and I think that that it's it's my experience that that makes me valuable you know mm-hmm. you, you're not you're not paying just for uh, the license that I hold you're paying for the 20 plus years of experience in all weather conditions and all circumstances uh, and coming through them um, and getting a best crew award at the end of it. Um, You've got to be doing something, I, right? I think, well, th- that's the thing. I think, you know, if you were looking at someone to run a country, you, you wouldn't be going for a, for a 30-year-old. You'd want someone with, uh, with a fair bit of experience under their belt and I, I, I think that's that's what personally I'd be looking for. If I was employing a captain, I, I would it would be the experience that I'm looking at more mm. than the age. Now, there's plenty of young guys now that get into yachting so so early that they've got you know by the time they're 30 years old they have got 10 years experience or more in yachting. So so you can't just put it down to age. I, I think it's the experience that counts. More well, I know, but uh, having up ten up. years having ten years experience in yachting versus because um, yeah, I, I, we know personally we know um, guys who've started um, on yachts in their early twenties, and by the time they're thirty, yeah. they've got a captain's license. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, you know, they've they've got several several years of experience mm. going already with them. Um, you know, if, if my son, for example, gets into yachting, he's only just turned 16. Well, if he starts in yachting at, at 18, um, he, he's going to be way ahead of me career wise. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, when I got out to the Caribbean, I, I was already mid to late, late twenties before, before I even knew yachting existed as a career. So, uh, oh, we so, must have uh, an old yeah. photo of you here because you still look around that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it's the beard. Yeah, it was before beard. Like so, Life was there life before beard? <laughs> yes, there was different, so but uh, for th- yeah, for D- those different young, show. For those younger crew coming up, um, or people looking at at a yachting career, what would be kind of yeah. your your sages of wisdom, or 
how, how can they win the award? <laughs> you know, um, what, what, what would you kind of warn them about or what would you show them as the benefits? What would, what would you say to your son if he was thinking of... of well, I, I think, I, I think uh, yeah, I wish I'd got into yachting sooner. I wish I'd got into it earlier because it is such a wonderful career to get into when you are a young, single mm. guy or girl. Um, you know, you get paid. I mean, it's, I don't want to make it sound all rosy. It's not. It's also, it's a lot of hard work. And some people need a life away from the boat more, more than they can cope with 24-7 working on a yacht because it, it is incredibly hard work. But you get to travel. You get, um, you get to develop social skills. You get to learn an awful lot just about conditions, about places, about people. Um, it's a wonderful way to, to travel, see the world and earn money and earn good money. But the, the, it, when it comes to a time when you want to settle down, that's when, uh, that's when the career is, is difficult to manage, when, when you have to try and balance it with a family life ashore. I think that's where rotation now that's, that's the norm on larger yachts, but not on smaller yachts. I, I think that's where that's at the point where you want to switch from uh, your early career in smaller yachts to, to, to a yacht with rotation so that you can then get yourself that family work-life balance um, together. And plus, I think there's a lot to say about marrying within the industry. Um, yeah, that's true. There's a lot of understanding going on. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I think people outside the industry don't really fully understand, and, and the, you know, with the travel and being away from home all the time. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Or the that, passion that, that goes is, with it. it. It's it's always going to be, I think, the most difficult balance for mm. for the the transitioning from from younger to being more settled crew is that uh, yes you can you can work with uh, with the person I, I worked with the woman who became my wife for 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 four years or so on four or five years on on sailing yachts and we probably spent more time together in those four years than most married couples do in <laughs> in 20 that most doctors um, would recommend living and working in close proximity so you get to know each other incredibly well but but um but but then when when it changes to a family life that that is that is a a difficult uh, a difficult situation to manage mm. a, a difficult balance to find and plus, as as a as a human being, you, you you miss out on a lot of that early development of your kids. Uh, oh, absolutely! You know, one minute they're in yeah. nappies, you come home. Next minute they're running around with Tonka toys. It's like, well, when does yeah. that happen? Uh, uh, and um, you know, we have an eight month season. We're not. It's not that I don't see uh, my kids for that long, but um, it, it's it's a long season when mm. you're not really able to make plans with uh, so you know you can forget summer holidays um that's never going to happen if you're uh, if you're on a mediterranean yacht that that is busy time when when all the owners are are wanting to use the yacht understandably so so i i'm lucky i have a really understanding owner he knows i've got a i've got a family and uh, when i get time i have the time to do that we're not a flat out charter boat so i do have spare time that i can work into my schedule but well, uh, yeah it, it's far from ideal we should talk to a crew about best owners award as well <laughs> there yeah um yeah I, i'm, I'm 
maybe persuade mine to come along for the next awards. That's a good idea. But uh, chat with hopefully I'll win the captain next time then. <laughs> win the <captain>. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you put your own forward, you might get a pay increase. Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah, do do you get to winter in, in the south of France as well? Can you, do you get to winter near home or... Yes, we do. We have, we have a permanent berth here and uh, and we have a good working relationship with our local uh, shipyard here in Gulf Chouan. And um, yeah, we, uh, we we make plans for that. We have to, mm-hmm. with the four months winter period that we have, we have to, you know, we have to pack a lot into it, not just with crew holiday time having to come out of that, but also the, repairs the on the boat and maintenance that we, have, uh, that we have to go on. So winter is actually our, our, our busiest time. In terms of uh, in terms of maintaining the yacht and getting the getting the jobs done, getting ready on done. time for yep. next season. Yeah. So, Rob, you've been now in the industry, both the sailing and the motor yacht side, over twenty odd years. Um, I'm yeah. sure you've seen a lot of changes and developments um, over the past decade or two. Are there yeah. things that you would like to see evolve more in the industry are there other things that you possibly pine for that was in place 20 years ago that is more difficult now how do you see the industry evolving from your perspective well i think 20 years ago it was it was a bit wild west um the 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 good old days everything that was needed was was minimal uh, and you know i mean uh, that long ago you could turn up with your flip-flops and a backpack and probably get a job on a yacht somewhere mm. well it's very different to that now um you have to have minimum um stcw and and medical requirements to 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 get a job on a yacht um and there's so much more certification now and demand you know, on on the yachts as well uh, it's uh, i guess it's supply and demand mm-hmm. and with so many more yachts about so many more crew about um I, I think i think the industry has has developed for the better with with the certification i, I think it is important and it's great that the crew are trained in basic safety and firefighting and all the all the basics before they they even get a job on a yacht now i, I think that is is a big benefit to the industry in general, yeah, I'd agree. Um, I, I think uh, I think going forwards, what would be what would be better? Well, I guess it's something that's more applicable to me. It is more in terms of the rotation of, of the crew, not just on the bigger boats, but but on the smaller boats. But but of course, the problem with that is that the, the smaller boats they're they're more personal to the owner. That they get more we're more like extended family if you like to the owner Mm -hmm. and then switching roles and getting different people in all the time that that's a difficult thing to do i think on the smaller yachts whereas the bigger yachts that that's that's something that they can manage better i was going to suggest maybe that would work um in the winter period but you really need the people who know the boat in the winter period to get the maintenance done that's the thing and you can you can accommodate a lot of that by having you know a, a very comprehensive standing orders and good training with the guys so that you can switch roles from one crew member to another fairly seamlessly but uh, you're always gonna be getting that extra experience from your crew when they're yeah. when they're on board all the time so so they do know know things inside out um, yeah, so that's a that's a difficult balance to find, but but I think that that's something that we'll need 
to be brought in going forwards because uh, you look at most other industries, something like uh, offshore oil rigs or something, it's all on rotation. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, I think that, that if that can extend more and more into yachting, it will be beneficial to, yeah, to the crew. Also, because one of the other things that, that we've spoken about a lot on the station is uh, mental health. And I think um, you know, yeah. having, having that rotation, because it, it, typically the rotations for the senior officers, the engineer, um, the, the captain and that, but if you were to have yeah. rotation for the, the actual crew themselves, I think yeah. that, that, would, that would weigh heavily on, on the, the, the mental health within the industry. Because it can be quite I, arduous I on people, some people. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very intense environment, mm. um, very and claustrophobic as yeah. well you know you're all cooped up on a on a in a box that's floating around <laughs> in, uh, in the sea a lot of the time uh, all right you can get off on the dock and you can do various things but but yeah i i think that is part of what i'm getting at with with the rotation and with with uh, with the working hours the working schedule that that to have more flexibility in that and more time for for crew to to live a life, to be out there uh, doing their own thing, I, I think that is uh, that is important, and that's somewhere I'd like to see the industry um, heading more in that direction. We're probably fine actually with with the amount of people coming into the industry, especially in the last ten years, because it's it's it's. Well, I'm going back to when I was mid twenties. A girlfriend of mine at the time, it's before I was married. I would just like to stress, went to work on. Uh, as she said, the super yacht. Um, it was uh, one of the Hollywood stars' uh, super yachts. And I just remember mm-hmm. just being numb, thinking to myself, I don't know what that is. So, you know, yeah. bye bye, off you go. And I had no idea what a super yacht meant. But today you look in, in the newspapers and in the media, there's a lot of articles about super yachts. People now know what super yachts are, you know, in yeah. Ireland and England and stuff like that. So I think that's brought a glut of, of young people into the industry looking for work. With it's certain very expectations. But, but as you see every season, there's a lot that don't get work. So I'm just wondering if, if with all those that extra labor in the industry, um, are we too far away from boats looking at rotating their crew? Because you know, there's, a, there's a cost thing there and there's, there's a benefit to it. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd hope so. But like with most of these things uh they don't really change until they have to there was a mm. there was a big deal way back in the day when italians uh, were were building their yachts with crew accommodation that was just just hilarious um i, I personally went it wasn't an italian boat but i personally were, was um asked if i'd captain a boat uh, when when i was back in the caribbean and the the bunk the, the crew bunk actually slid in like a morgue tray uh, <laughs> uh, into the bow of the boat. And it was just like, uh, you, you know, it, it's unacceptable. And and then the industry, you know, caught up with that. Regulation caught up with that. And, and now boats have to be built with a certain amount of space for the crew. Now, you can understand why the builders will build boats like that <laughs> because they're selling them to the guys that buy the boats and they want as much volume and space and and um, glamour and everything as possible to sell the boat. Um, the crew accommodation generally isn't on... on it's uh, an inconvenience. 
Uh, well, you know, it's not something that and someone who's made a lot of money in a, in an industry, either a dot com industry or something that, that have never been on the boat before, but yachting is what they want to get into. They they don't they don't understand what it's like to live and work on a boat. Of course, they wouldn't. Um, so when they're looking at a yacht, they're looking at it from their perspective, and and it would. And it was taken so far that eventually legislation was brought in to give minimum cabin requirements. And now boats are being built with much better crew accommodation. And so that's that's progress. The so things do progress, like with the certification. They do progress over time. And it is generally for the better. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, yeah, yeah, um, crew working hours and rotation and everything will come in more throughout the industry. That would, that would certainly be something I thought was beneficial all all round it and and eventually to the owners as well because they're getting uh fresher and and um well balanced through i guess yeah and presumably for for people aspiring to be captains um from what you've said a lot of it seems to be get as much experience as you possibly can with hopefully a mentor above you to kind of show you the way yeah I'd, I'd say, um, especially when you're starting out, you, you do a job for what you can learn and not what you can earn. Um, you know, I when I when I started on that square rigger in the Caribbean, I was earning 100 US dollars a week, and so <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. I didn't didn't exactly earn a whole lot of money on it, but I learned just so much in such a short space of time. I, I mean, we we actually got blown ashore in one hurricane and. Uh, and um, the, the the temporary captain was was telling us to abandon ship into a little tender, and, and pretty much that was the first time I ever took command and decided to become a captain was was in that situation. Now, that's pretty extreme, but um, you've got to get out there and get involved in situations, and, and to do that, you, you know, you want to go far and wide and and see what you can learn. So, what happened um, when you say you took command? Did you? Say to the captain, no, I don't want to abandon ship. I want to stay with her. Um, yeah, no, no. We said we, he he was, uh, um, yeah, he he was a he was a young guy that was uh, having a having a, a real breakdown about uh-huh. about being in in charge of the, this this big boat, and, and I we'd only been on there a, a few weeks ourselves. It was Luis, uh, one of the big Luis and Marilyn were two hurricanes that came. Very close to together way back in the 90s, and uh, yeah, he, he essentially told us to abandon ship into a little rollout tender whilst we were um, we were actually ashore at that stage. We'd been blown aground at one end of Great Harbour in uh, Norman Island in in the British Virgin Islands. So it was quite a uh, memorable uh, moment you know. in life. <laughs> yeah, it was a pivotal moment because because I don't think anyone knows exactly how they're going to handle incredibly high pressure life or death situations basically nobody knows how they're going to handle that until you're put into a situation like that and to see that you know i i I didn't want my my life to be in the hands of someone like that again me together with the engineer we we basically we took them on because because he was uh he was um he he was uh, lost it he he completely lost it and you know if we'd done what he said we we wouldn't be around today so so we told him to go and have a lie down and and he did and um, isn't that a mutiny (laughs) (laughs) it's what sorry isn't that called a mutiny 
Not when yes. he acquiesces, though. <laughs> so basically, my first command was, was a mutiny, and it's not something we did lightly. But um, oh, we need to have another but, show with you. <laughs> but uh, but hurricanes are uh, unless you've been in them, you you, you don't really quite uh, you you don't get it. They're they're uh, the their next level of. Uh, intensity yeah. yeah and you know this this was uh, this was a big boat but part of that was was i was already a pretty experienced sailor mm-hmm. um more so than than the actual guy who who was brought in as our temporary captain it's just that he had the 500 ton ticket at that time to uh, to be captain of the boat and that's one of the things i'm saying about about experience and yes that's going through those experiences you you find out and you gain confidence in yourself and you know that literally that that moment almost said well I, I can do a better job than this guy and i'm going to and decided to get my tickets and uh, and that's what set me on the path to where i am now to being the best captain with the best crew well not quite well, Best on a group. private yacht. Not quite yet. Next year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get you got into the final, so uh, well done on that. Yeah, true. And yeah, next um, step up next year, you're maybe. part of the best crew, so true. Yeah, that works for me. And just uh, finishing off for for you, I mean the the A Crew Awards. It strikes me, I'm not crew, but it strikes me as a lovely moment of recognition from the industry for all these different segments we have. Um, Absolutely. I, I presume that's sort of the general feeling. I mean, obviously you're feeling it now because you won the award, but yeah. coming up to it, um, was that sort of the general feeling among the crew? Oh, they're absolutely beaming. Uh, and, we're, uh, and, and you know, still are. We're, yeah, yeah uh, to, to a beaten Dilbar was, uh, <laughs> was a bit of a shock surprise and so that, that's so got to be the big win i'm we, sorry but uh, yeah, we, yeah we might be milking that a little bit but, yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, no it, it's great and it's also you know it's great for the owner as well because we're not we're not you know when you're talking about boats like dilbert we're not a high profile yacht we don't we don't have the big contact contracts with all the industry suppliers and um we don't have the billionaires on board and we don't everybody knows who Dilbar is you can't miss it and on TV it's as big as the town um, so so we're not a very high profile but we we do have a, a fairly good um, um, relationship with the boats and where we are and down we dock you know we have dock barbecues and everything else but but we're uh, we're I wouldn't say insignificant but we're not a very high profile boat so to get something like that in in front of uh, all those other industry guys is was was really special for us and, and I think it's it's only going to go from strength to strength because you see all the other people there absolutely loving it and not mm. not just the people that won but but you know just to be a finalist there mm. is is a real achievement and recognition and like the recognition was was great i mean it's great for us we're, we're kind of the invisible guys and uh, so to well, get i think that, that says a lot about the award you know it's it's not about whether you're a dilbar or um, an octopus. It's it's whether you're you're the best crew for the award, yeah. and I think it's and I think it says a lot about the A Crew Award that it didn't de facto go to you know, the, the more popular boat on the harbour. It's it went to the boat that was deserving of it. Um, well, 
yeah, that, that's that's what we'd like to think. So, <laughs> well, uh, no, you do think. Yeah, we, did, we did work pretty hard. At, uh, I did, you know, I did have, uh, you know, we did get as many friends as we possibly <laughs> could putting the word out to, to get voting for us. But well, we then yeah, but, you but obviously if, have a lot of friends as well. If, if, if five people <laughs> reaching out to all the friends they know versus yeah. over 100 people presumably doing the same thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you still won. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, did you get a trophy to bring home? Did you each get a trophy? Yes, we did, we, we did get a trophy, and we managed to bring it home after the, after the night. We didn't, didn't lose it? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's got pride of place down in the salon on boat right now, so uh, yeah, we're happy about that. Uh, I, I we left it. Uh, I do remember going to a competition it. in Ireland, uh, which we lost, but the next morning, uh, Barry and myself, we were sharing a room in this hotel. We woke up with the winner's trophy in the bed. Uh, and, uh, we couldn't remember how we got it, so we had to sneak it back to them. <laughs> well, there's, we, we have lost uh, the occasional trophy over the time with um, Riviera Yacht Support. Do the odd uh, oh, yeah. occasional mm -hmm. like, golf tournament and uh -huh. the uh, and the snow bonanza. And, yeah. and we, we've won awards there that, that we've not found much trace of the day after but um but no this one this one we held on to and uh, it was actually sam the first mate uh, i think he had to put it in his trousers at one point but he absolutely wasn't letting anyone get anywhere near it how big so, was the trophy oh yeah no, no, i don't want the image thank you very much <laughs> good place to stop i think <laughs> yeah no he managed that and so we we left it on the on the table when the boss uh, the boss actually came on on board gave um on the monday following so uh, we left it on the uh, on the aft table for him to to see he must have been a bit delighted he, too well, he, you know no because now he's got to pay them more <laughs> Well, I hope I, he, I hope he's had that, that discussion with you. <laughs> You're now a lot more valuable as a crew. I'll be sure to play him a recording of this and, uh, <laughs> and then see how that goes. I'll, I'll happily send him a link for you. We'll negotiate. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, well, Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it yeah. was very fun to hear about not only about the awards but you know your journey of how you got there um and yeah and our and so sincere congratulations to you and the crew um, thank you very much and i will pass that on to them if they're not listening right now then uh, i'm sure i'll hear about it in a moment but uh, <laughs> yeah yeah thanks for the interview it's good to good not to spread the word not at all. It it's good to hear the story pleasure speaking with you hopefully we'll talk with you thank in you the very future. Much. We were just talking there with uh, Rob Waldridge, who is captain of uh, motor yacht uh, Lady Rose, and himself and his crew won the um, A Crew Awards for the best crew for a private yacht. So thank you so much for joining us, and many congratulations to all of you and your great team. Yes, and... Um uh, safe journeys. Have a great winter time at home, seeing your family a bit more than usual. Will do. Hopefully they don't get sick yep. of you. <laughs> oh, just better say that it's actually motor yacht My Lady Rose, because there is another motor yacht Lady Rose. Which uh, is, uh, thank you. So, so better not get confused with them. <laughs> and thank you for I just, clarifying uh, that. Ask the question, and Lady Rose didn't get the award, did they? <laughs> Lady Rose didn't get the award. Motor Yacht My Lady Rose got the award, yes. Glad so, we cleared uh, that yeah. one up. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you <laughs> so again, much. Rob. Take care to all You're of you. Welcome.
Pleasure speaking okay. with you. You too. Bye. You are listening to Super Yacht Radio.